So here's one thing I know about humans, about human nature. We love greatness. We love great things, right? And, and what happens is we actually end up kind of getting fired up when things are great. So the Olympics happened, right? And, and I, I know it was a super weird Olympics. It was so weird not to have fans in the stands and everything. But every time the Olympics come, it's like that is greatness, and people get fired up to watch it. But man, the athletes, to give their lives to that, to give their lives to something great. And that's what they do. You know, I, I remember, our fa- I've shared this before, our favorite family vacation. The greatest vacation we ever took as a family was when we went to Europe. Oh my goodness. Was my family fired up to go to Europe together? I mean, it was like, because this is going to be great. I get fired up at great restaurants. Right? Just to, this is going to be a great meal. Come on. This is going to be awesome. Well, you guys, I am a football fan, and I'm sorry, so deal with me. It is the preseason, and regular season is right around the corner. And so once again, I'm cheering on my Lions. And it's so funny to watch how excited and fired up, right, football players and coaches get for football. And it's just preseason. It's not even the Super Bowl where everybody goes crazy. We love greatness. Well, I... I uh, That's what we're going to talk about today, and so I actually want to show you a clip. The Detroit Lions got a new football coach this year, and the first time he ever stood in front of the community, he gave this speech, and there's this little portion of his speech that I want want you to see what it's like to be fired up for greatness, okay? Watch this. I wanted this job bad because I felt like I knew this community. I played here, all right? Here's what I know. Just as an overall philosophy, you're going to say, well, what's this team going to be? What's it not going to be? Here's what I know. All right. I know that Detroit's made up of great people, some really good people. All right. This community is strong. Um, This place has been kicked. It's been battered. It's been bruised. And I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't. That none of that matters. And you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit. So excuse my language. All right. Here's what I do know is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city, all right? And the city's been, been down, and it found a way to get up, all right? It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity, all right? And so this team's going to be built on uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. And we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you before before long. We're going to be the last one standing. Come on, man. Now, that's a football coach right there. You know, you know, but here's hilarious. So seriously, guys, if you watch it. That not only the players, the coaches are so fired up. At their first practice, the defensive coordinator made all of the defensive players do 40 up-downs. That means you're running in place, you drop down, and then you have to get back up. So as soon as they started doing them, the head coach did them with them. He actually got down and did 40 up-downs with them. I mean, these guys are fired up. They show up every day because they're like, I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe I actually got hired to be able to coach. I can't believe I made it to this level to be able to play. They are fired up for greatness. So let's switch it here. Are we fired up? Are you fired up for greatness? Now, what is greatness 
in the kingdom of God. Because that's what we're asking for, right? We're saying, God's saying, my kingdom can come and my will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he goes, let me tell you what greatness is. And then we'll see if we're fired up for it. Matthew 20, 26 through 28, Jesus says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first, because everybody in football wants to be first, then you must be the slave. Just as a son of man did not come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So this is where we're going today. We are going to talk about how God has revealed to every one of us, especially those of us who follow him. He's saying, listen, I want you to be fired up for greatness, which means I want you to be fired up to serve. Do you guys all hear? Y'all get this? Okay. So the first point, all we have to do is just agree with what Jesus said, who is God, who's telling us this was what greatness is all about. So we're in this series, and it's called Be Reasonable. And it's coming from Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable service, which is your worship. The only reasonable thing to do is to offer all of our lives. That's what we're talking about. Like, in light of what Jesus Christ has done for us, to think logically about how we should respond, we should be giving him everything we've got. And then what we've been doing is, this is verse 1, starting in verse 9, Paul actually goes down a list. We've talked the first week. He said the most reasonable thing to do is hate what is evil. Hate it. Because evil stuff destroys things. And then love each other like family. (laughs) That's the reason. That's the reasonable way to respond to what Jesus has done. That's why I wanted you to greet each other. It's like we're not supposed to come to church and and go to a service and go home. We're supposed to love each other like a family, like friends. And then last week, Rachel told us, taught us the next one is then, and then honor each other. So here's where we're going today. Look at this. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. This is how we actually respond to Jesus. This is the reasonable thing for us to do. Never be lacking in zeal. Never. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. This is the message version. It says this. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. All right, so I'm going to tear apart this little verse for us because we're going to learn tonight from God, that we're supposed to be fired up to serve. And that is the only logical and reasonable response to the one who served us and gave his life as a ransom for us. We're going to do the same thing. Oh, and by the way, the one who gave up his life to serve is the one who lives in us. That's why we do it. Because Jesus is in you if you're a follower of Christ. All right? So, in this verse, the verb is to serve. That's what he's saying. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to serve. The recipient of our service is actually Jesus. Jesus is the one we serve. But the question that was unique in this passage is, but how? How are we supposed to serve him? 
The first thing it said is never lack zeal. Okay? That word lack is the word, it means to be sluggish, it means to be hesitant and timid, and it means to sit back. Never sit back. Never be hesitant to serve. Never sit back from serving. Never be sluggish in your serving. And zeal is diligence and haste and intentional effort. So in light of what Jesus has done for us, he's saying, don't ever be like that. But he says you're supposed to have fervor. And this is the fun word as we look at this. Fervor literally means to boil with heat. That's what the word means. It means you have some cold water and eventually it comes to... And so the word means there should be enthusiasm and passionate intensity. Come on, man. How y'all doing? And here's what's crazy. Enthusiasm and passionate intensity is the only logical response in serving Jesus because of what he's done for us. And so when I think about that, and by the way, let me just say something. This is, this is a, I was a little bit leery uh, about this message because this is not talking about emotion, okay? It's not like you got to get all hyped up in your emotion. It is not talking about personality. My whole life, people have said, man, Dave, you're so passionate and so enthusiastic. And it's like, yeah, I am. You know who else is? That woman right there. But if Susie got up, she would not be doing what I'm doing right now. <laughs> right? She'd be calm and she'd be collected and she'd be sweet, but that girl is bubbling inside. It's not about what I'm, how I'm wired. I need to be like this because that's just how Jesus, that's the personality he gave to me. So I don't care if you're quiet. I don't care if you're shy. I don't care if you're reserved. I don't care what you're like in your personality. In here, it should be bubbling hot. And you should have a fire inside of you because Jesus Christ gave his life for you. It is the only logical response. And so what does this mean, you guys, if when the scripture says this? It's like, because he's just point like, don't ever sit back, ever. Go for it with everything you've got. Well, that means when we're not fired up to serve Jesus, that something is actually wrong. There's something going on inside of our heart. If we actually are followers of Christ and the Spirit of God is living inside of us and we don't want to serve Jesus, then there's something going on that needs a touch, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, Do you guys know that lukewarm isn't okay? Like lukewarm, you know, it's funny, I, I was sensitive to this, so I, I went to a coffee shop quite, a, quite often this week. What are they serving at the coffee shop? You've got iced coffee, right? You can get iced coffee. And by the way, man, like when I want my water, I want ice in it. I am like cold. Like Susie doesn't like ice in hers. I don't know what's wrong with her. So, but it's like make it cold, right? So I can order an iced coffee or I can order a hot coffee. I have never had any barista look at me and say, would you like a lukewarm coffee? Nobody wants lukewarm. Seriously, what do you do? As soon as my coffee gets warm, I take it to the microwave and I heat it back up because it's supposed to be hot. See, and this is when Jesus said, he said, I know your deeds, you guys. He goes, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot, and I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, 
neither hot nor cold. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. See, when I, when I read that, and here's what I know, man. It is not easy to keep a spiritual fervor and a fire inside of me. I love him, but it's hard. Is it hard? Okay. But I think what we tend to do is just go, well, you know, but I'm human. And it's okay. It's okay that I'm not serving Jesus. And it's okay that I'm lukewarm in my commitment to him. And all I want to say, first and foremost, is the Bible is telling us there, that is absolutely an illogical, unreasonable response to the one who gave his life for you. The only reasonable thing is to give everything we've got back to him. So I'm going to hit two things here. First is how do we serve Jesus? Because if that's what we're supposed to be doing, I just want to walk through how do we do it. Okay, and I'm just going to bust through that one because the second thing I want to take some time on is how do we actually fuel ourselves and possess a fire inside? Hey, here's what I know. Um, and, there, and there are you know, many of you that I don't know here, but I do know this. If you've received Christ inside of you, there's something inside of you that does want a vibrant, alive, dynamic relationship with God. Amen. Man, you want that. You know why you want that? Because the Spirit of God is inside of you. <laughs> you don't want it. My flesh, you know, when the, when the Bible says my heart longs for God, my soul longs for God, I'm like, yeah, it does. My flesh doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't. And I'm both, and so are you. So we got to talk about this. All right, here we go. How do we serve Jesus? Real quick. Number one, you serve him as Lord, right? That's what the scripture said. He said, you should have a spiritual fervor to serve Jesus as Lord. Well, if he's your Lord, that's just by definition. All that means is you just do whatever he says. How do you serve Jesus? <laughs> you just do whatever he says. If you don't do what he says, then he's not your Lord. He's not a Lord. He might be a consultant, <laughs> maybe, because you're like, well, let's see what he says, and I'll see if I like it or not. And That's not a Lord. A Lord says something, and you go, yes, Lord, I do it. Serve him as Lord. Number two, you serve the church. You serve this group of people right here. Why? Because the church is what? His body and his bride. This is the body of Christ. So he literally says, the way you serve me is you serve my body. So I can just ask you, man, so are you serving? If, this, if K2 is your church, are you serving this church? Because if you serve this church, really what you're doing is serving Jesus. That's how you do it. Because he's like not here, and yet he is because he's in us. And then, if you are serving him, are you serving him with fire and passion inside of you? Are you passionate and enthusiastic about it? So again, man, if you're not serving, we just did five weeks on this. The fact that God has given every person a spiritual gift, so you will serve the body with the gift he's given you. So if you don't know what that gift is, again, go to our website. Right there, we have this GPS, which stands for Gifts, Passion, and Story. And you can take that test, and it'll help you to know what your gift is, okay? And, and by the way, even today, out in the lobby by the door is a list, a, a bunch of things up on a, on a wood panel, of dump, a bunch of different positions where we could just use your help to serve. So if you're not serving, there's plenty of opportunities to do it. 
And it's the only logical thing to do passionately is to serve the church because the church is the body of Christ. Number three, you serve those who are in need. Why? Because Jesus said in Matthew 25, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. Every time you see someone who's physically in need and you meet that need, he says a cup of cold water, a food, you naked, they close you, they're in prison, you, whatever you do, he goes, you actually do it to me. Man, that's how we serve Jesus. Number four, you serve him as an ambassador. I looked up what an ambassador, I know what an ambassador is, but listen to this. It's a diplomat who serves at the pleasure of the president and is sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. Man, we know this. You guys, we know what an ambassador is. You are appointed by the president. And then you go to a foreign country and you are his representative and you say whatever he wants you to say. Listen to this, man, 2 Corinthians 5. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Here, listen. We are therefore God, Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. How do I serve Jesus as his ambassador? He's going, hey, here's the deal. I love every person in this world. And now I live in you. I want to make my appeal to that person, to your neighbor and coworker and friend through you. That's how you serve me. We gotta share Christ with the world. And then the last one, you serve him in everything you do. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for people. Okay? So I just, I just wanna ask all of you guys who are Christians right now, my whole, again, my desire, here's what I know. Do you guys know this? Do you know Jesus is in here right now? Do you know God is present right now? Do you know he's living inside you right now? So here's the deal. Have a real quick, honest conversation with Jesus and rate your spiritual fervor. How on fire are you right now to serve the one who gave his life for you? One, nothing. Five, I'm on fire. What would you say? In fact, why don't you just have a quick conversation with Jesus. Just be honest with him. He loves you so much, and he wants you to be alive. On a scale from one to five, where's your spiritual fire in serving Jesus? Because the first thing we have to ask is, are we even doing it? Am I serving him at all? And then secondly, is it being done with enthusiasm and passion? Hey, by the way, in fact, why don't you, even right now, you could just whisper in your own heart. Don't, don't, don't do this because someone will hear you. Just do it in your heart and just tell Jesus right now. Man, Jesus, I've been like a two. And you know, and some of you can say, and Jesus, you know why. You know the hardship I'm going through. You know the struggles I'm facing. You know the sin I've been committing. But here's where I am, God. Just tell Jesus where you're at. All right? And now, let's talk about how we fire ourselves up. How can you actually fire yourself up to serve? Because um, here's what I know. 
If you don't have enthusiasm, you can't make it up, right? You can't sit, all of a sudden just go, okay, I'll be fired up when you're not fired up. <laughs> you can't actually make yourself do that. It's interesting, if you, if, if you would say, I feel like I'm a cold pot of water. You know, it's crazy, a cold pot of water can eventually start to boil. But it's a process. You don't go from, a, <laughs> from cold to boil, right? But how do you go from cold to boil? You've got to have a flame underneath you. You have to have something that's outside of yourself that burns inside of you. And so the good news today, you guys, if you're a one or a two or a three or a four, what a matter of five doesn't matter. Here's what I can tell you right now. You, the Bible would not tell you to be fired up and to have spiritual fervor and to never be sitting back and lacking. The Bible, God would never tell you to do that unless he's going to empower you with everything you need to be able to do it. As clear as a bell, you're supposed to be fired up. Now let's figure out how. Here we go. I'm going to share with you. I asked the staff this. I said, hey, guys, through all your years of walking with Jesus, what has fired you up? What's actually lit your fire? And it was super cool because I'd already done some study, and the two things they shared are the two things I'm going to share with you. And I just want to tell you, after 34 years of ministry, the ministry will kick your butt. Do you guys, I, I can't, I wish I, I should have looked up and told you how many pastors quit every week. And I want to tell you, man, after 34 years, I'm fired up. Now, I, I have my days, ma'am, when I don't even want to get out of bed, right, Susie? I have my days when my fire ain't going at all. But I can tell you what, we can do this. All right, here we go. You get fired up by what Jesus has done. You got to get fired up by what Jesus has done. When I asked the staff, immediately half the staff just said, man, it's for me, it's when I remember what Jesus has done. When I take time and I actually focus and I think about it. Set my heart on him. Set my eyes on him and think about what he's done for me. And that's our verse, right? Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. What's he saying? You got to, man, look at Jesus. You got to look at what he's done for you. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for you. Every single one of us, you guys, every human being is born with a heart. Do you remember your heart that couldn't follow God? Do you remember that? Do you remember your heart that didn't want anything to do with them at all? Do you remember the patterns in your life that were destructive to yourself and to everybody around you? And then do you remember that you met Jesus and he actually somehow came and revealed how much God loves you? And he revealed that this stuff is actually destructive. And he said, I'll take it all away from you. I'll take every bit of it and I'll forgive you completely. And then he gave you instead his Holy Spirit and empowered you to live a new life. Do you guys remember that? Man, if we ever stop, remember, like people are like, man, you always talk about the gospel. If you ever get tired of the gospel, you got a problem with the gospel. It's the greatest news in all the world. And we need to remember what he's done. And we're going to do that today. We're going to do it again before we leave here today. So it's why we gather here, you guys. Why? Part of the reason we gather every week is to get fired up again. To remember again who God is who Jesus is, because everything all week long, 
tries to pull us away from him. Everything inside of you, everything inside of my own flesh tries to pull me away from God. We need to gather again and remember. It was crazy. I, I asked Susie, I go, what's, what's, what's the thing that keeps you on fire? And I didn't know this. And she said, it's worship. She goes, and, and it's not just here. It's not what we just did here corporately. But Susie, what, the last six months or so? The last six, eight months, she's actually started doing it every day. So part of her time with God every day now is listening to worship music and singing. And she just said, Dave, it's cause, it keeps my heart ablaze. It's keeping me on fire. That's what the Word of God does, you guys. The Word of God is living and active. It penetrates down to your soul. The Holy Spirit can go right to those deep places that are starting to get dead. The embers are dying down. And the Spirit of God, who's the wind of God, can come down and blow on those embers through his Word, and he can speak to you. Like, I don't know what's going on in your heart right now, but I'm hoping that God is actually speaking to you and saying, man, I saved you, I rescued you, I loved you, you matter to me. And when the Spirit speaks here, not me, him, man, I tell you what, you know what happens? My heart gets fire on fire. That's why I meet with him every morning to give God a chance. This isn't just a weekly thing, this is a daily thing. That's how you stay on fire. Psalm 134, 1 and 2 says this, Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Okay, I, I, and again, I don't know some of you guys, and I, I grew up in a Methodist church, and you don't raise hands in church when you're a Methodist, okay? If you're a good religious boy. I, I just, I, I eventually I just had to. I'm going to do this because the scripture just said, All you servants of the Lord, praise the Lord. And then he says, Raise your hands in the sanctuary. So I'm just like, no, let's just read that. Let's not do it. No, let's do it. Everybody, just raise your hands real quick. Okay? Okay, now, here's the thing. You can go ahead and put them down. But I'm going to have you lift them back up here real quick. I actually started doing this in the morning. Like, I've, I've stopped, and I'll, and I'll have my time with God, and then I will literally just go. There's three, there's, there's more than three, but let me give you three reasons why you raise your hands, why the scripture would tell you this. Come on, man, football fans, right? I mean, guys who would never in a world ever raise their hand in church are like, whoa, come on. You know why you do that, man? Because you're celebrating because you're praising God. Man, when you see people in here, like in that worship set, when you see people and they're, like, they're just doing this, it's because they can't help it because they're praising God and that helps get your heart on fire. I remember the first time I ever did that because I just don't do it. And I was at the Promise Keepers event. You guys remember that? Like thousands, like 50,000 men are in this thing and I'm, they're singing, oh, for us, oh, oh, oh. and I'm like, and I look at my friend and I go, man, I just want to raise my hand so bad. And he's like, well, let's just do it. And I'll never forget, I just, <laughs> but, but see, because there was, like, raise your hands. Why? Because you are awesome. And he's better than any football player, any baseball player, any rock star that you all do this for. So that's why we do it. You know why else you do it? And you, all these little babies, what do they do? A little kid comes to the dad and to their mom and they go, I need you. I need you. And sometimes I just, you lift up your hands and you just go, God, just give me. I need your mercy. I need your power. I need your fire. Give it to me. And you raise your hands just out of, a, out of a sign like a little child does. Just, I love you and I need you. And then the last thing you do is this is how you surrender, right? Okay, okay. Whatever you say. 
And sometimes when we're worshiping, that's what I do. I'm like, God, I give you, I want to offer my body as a living sacrifice to you. I can just tell you this. If every day, and you are committed every week, like the early church was, they were devoted. They never missed so they could get on fire. If you're not on fire, start spending some time with him. And don't miss and be devoted and praise him and remember what he's done. All right, and here's the second one. You get fired up by what Jesus is doing. So you get fired up by what he's done. You remember how much he loves you. But then you get fired up by what he's doing right now. Jesus told us God is working all the time. Jesus never stops serving you. He is always working. And here's the other thing he's doing. One of the things he's doing, you guys, is he's always working in you. Always. Always. So Colossians 1.29. In the second half of Colossians 1, Paul's talking about what it is to be a servant for the church. And then he says this in verse 29. He says, for this purpose, for the purpose of serving the church, because it's the body of Christ, and God gave me a commission for that. He says, I labor, striving with all Christ's energy, which powerfully works within me. I tell this to my staff all the time, you guys. Hey, guys, we could get really tired because we're hopefully we're going to labor and we're going to strive. But I can tell you this. If you labor and strive and you don't have Christ's energy doing it in you, you will burn out and you will die. And people flee ministry all the time. And people stop serving in the church all the time. You know why? Because you need Christ's energy. But Paul's like, you have it. You do possess it, you guys. If you haven't been on fire, you just need to know right now, there's an energy source for you. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches that God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. There is a power that rose Jesus from the dead through the spirit of God that's living inside you right now if you're actually a follower. Now, if you're a churchgoer, if you're just a religious person, if you're just doing religious stuff, believe me, you don't have power. But if you're a true follower of Christ, you have Christ's energy and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. So the spirit is the energy. The spirit is the power. The spirit is the fire. He is the fire. The only way to be fired up to serve Jesus is you got to have the power of the Spirit burning inside you. So Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let me give you just a couple. Did you hear that? We live by the Spirit, so you got to keep in step with the Spirit. I asked our staff, and I said, again, how do you guys stay fired up? And the other half immediately said, it's crazy, Dave. If I do one thing that I know God's asking me to do, I feel it. You know why? Because the Spirit of God is rocking awesome. <laughs> and he's on fire all the time. And as soon as you do one thing that he asks you to do, you get in step with the Spirit. And the Spirit then fires up your soul. I just, some of you tonight, you know there's something that God's just asking you to do. And I want to tell you what, if you want to be on fire, take that one step, one step, keep in step with the Spirit. And the Spirit is the fire and the power and the energy, and he will boost you to serve Jesus. And then the last one, this. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not quench 
the Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. See, he is a fire, but you can actually quench him. And so here's the point. When we actually live in sin, when we're living in patterns that aren't of God's way, we're out of step, and we actually quench the fire. And let's just face it, some of you know that today. You're sitting here today, and you know that inside your heart, you're doing stuff that God doesn't want you to do. You're just living a life that he doesn't want you to do. And here's the beautiful thing today. We're going to give you a chance. We're going to pray for you if you want us to. We we want to pray for you after this to do the step he's asking you to take. Or some of you might just need to come and say, man, I just want to confess. Because why? He says, if you confess tonight, he will forgive you. And he will cleanse you from everything that's not right. And he says, if you'll repent, which means just change your mind and turn toward him. He says, times of refreshing will come from the Lord. I don't know, man. My guess is some of you tonight want to be refreshed. Some of you want to be on fire. And God is saying, it's actually my command to you. If you're not on fire, it's because you're not in my spirit. Because my spirit is alive. So what do you need to do tonight? I'm going to just say one other little tip. Hang out with people who are on fire. I did that this week, man. I hooked up with another pastor in the valley. I got done with that meeting. I'm like, (laughs) and and you know why? Because that dude was walking with Jesus, and he encouraged me, and he lifted me up. I was kind of down. I was working through stuff. I'm telling you, if you're an ember and you're out here, there's a fire going on here. You're out here, good luck. What happens to that thing? Dies out. Put it back in. What happens to it? Hang out with people who are on fire. Hey, and if you're on fire, get around some people. <laughs> let's do this thing, all right? Okay, so let's gonna, we're going to practice right now. Um, first thing we're going to do is we're going to take communion. Okay, so go ahead and grab your cup. Can you throw that to me, babe? Thanks. All through the Old Testament... The Bible told us, before Jesus even died on the cross, they always said, hey, remember, God was always calling the Israelites to remember what he had done for them. They used to remember the red, you know, the the sea being split open, right, and God rescuing them. They would remember the good things that he had done for them. But here's what Jesus said. You guys, you're human, right? The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. So what you got to do is you've got to remember me. Remember me. You need to remember how much I love you, okay? So that tiny little cellophane thing, if you haven't done this yet, (laughs) if you take off the tiny little cellophane top, there's a piece of bread here. And Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. You know what the Bible tells us? This is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ would lay down his life for you. And he's telling you again tonight, come on, man, if you're not fired up to serve me, then remember how I served you. Remember that I took all of your sin and put it in my body on the cross. I took all of it away, and then I filled your body with mine. He goes, I took all your sin, I died, but I rose again, and I ascended into heaven, and I am seated at the right hand of God right now interceding for you. This is Jesus Christ, and he is bodily resurrected, and he is serving you right 
now. You are loved. You are saved by Jesus. Let's eat in remembrance of him. And then, man, I know what it is, you guys, to be stuck in sin. And it just, it's just horrible. Don't let the enemy cause any more shame. No more shame. No more hiding. Jesus said, you've got to remember, I died for all of your sins. One sacrifice. By one sacrifice, I made you perfect forever. Perfect forever. There is no sin left. There's no sacrifice left. If you need to be freed today, take and drink, you guys. Let's remember Christ's blood shed for us for the forgiveness of all your sin. And then I asked the band, because apparently this remembering worship, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God inhabits your praise. In this moment, if you won't just sing, but you'll actually praise him, your heart will have a chance to connect with him, and the spirit can fire you up. And so I asked the band to let's just do this one song again before we close. So let's stand together. We're going to worship God. We're going to praise God for what he's done for us. And just take these words, sing them with your heart, sing them with your soul, and may it be helpful in igniting the fire within you. And then I'll come up and we'll close in prayer.